Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from author, mother, and nurse, Sarah Neandoro, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, you will hear Sarah share about the trials that brought her to studying the Lord's Prayer and why it has become a vital part in her everyday prayer life. She also explains why Jesus taught his disciples to pray this way and what believers need to know about each point within the prayer. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. It is truly an honor to have you here. I love whenever a fellow author gets to come in and just share about their material and the hard work that they put into everything. And so it's always an honor on my end to get to hear somebody share about it and share their heart behind the research and the writing. So I am excited to jump in, but welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. I'm very humbled mm. to be in your presence and also to be able to talk about this great book, mm-hmm. The Secret and the Power of Praying the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I am really excited. <laughs> and before we jump in, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and just share about you? Yes. I would like to say, yeah, my name is Sarah. My last name is Nyandoro. I originally come from Kenya because that Nyandoro is a Kenyan name. Mm. Um, and I, I've i lived in Minnesota for the last 24 years. Okay. Yes. It's a long time. I know there's no one. A lot of winters, I was going to say. <laughs> yes. And um, I was a school teacher while I was in Kenya. When I came here, I went to nursing school. Mm. So I right now, I'm a registered nurse. I work at... Uh, one of the hospitals in the Twin Cities. Okay. And I also have a bachelor's of uh, biblical and theological studies mm-hmm. uh, from Spiritual Life Bible College. Okay. I'm also a mother of two children, mm-hmm. uh, which are, I mean, who are young adults. Mm, okay. Yes. Okay. So you've kind of done the work. And <laughs> yeah, I'm in the, and I've got two under three right now. So I'm in the battle. <laughs> I think the battle continues. I have all they are. Yeah. It's a, oh, different, yeah. It's a different stage of battle, but still. Mm-hmm. Different challenges yeah, that different emerge. Different challenges, <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. Well, well, I'm really excited to hear more about your book. You mentioned the title, The Secret and Power of Praying the Lord's Prayer. And I would just love to hear what caused you to want to write this book. You know, what was the heart behind it? This was a book that... Let me say it is my first book. Mm-hmm. So I've never written a book. I never thought someday I would write a book. Mm. But God knows. Yeah. And at this time of this book, um, I was going through so much difficult times in my personal life. And I was praying. I had prayed. I had fasted. I had studied the Word of God. As many of us do, mm-hmm. I had claimed the promises mm-hmm. and I've spoken them, but it seems like it seemed like everything was not going the way I intended it to go. Mm-hmm. So it's just during this time of praying, and I remember it was uh, it was during the summer, like now, and I was so overwhelmed with the situation that was going on in my life. And I didn't know what to do. 
and uh, I got out of the house. I dropped to a nearby church. Um, I mean, I'm a single mom, so I didn't want to just cry before my children. So I drove to a nearby church and I just sat in my car and looked in the outside of the church that was the cross of Jesus. Mm. And I felt like I was drawn more to that, that cross. I said, what does it mean? Like in that mode of praying and crying, I wasn't even aware of whatever I was doing. But I remember one thing came, which was, became like the book, the book that we're now talking about. I had a phrase within me. I cannot say that God spoke to me like me and you are mm -hmm. speaking. But there was a phrase that came into my mind and it kept repeating itself over and over. It says, hallowed be thy mm. name. Hallowed be thy name. Then it kept repeating itself. And it's not the first time that I've experienced God speak to me in such a way that it brings something like it keeps repeating and just out of the ordinary, then it becomes something. So I knew with the experience in the past, I knew that God is telling me something. But what is this? Mm -hmm. I just need this ABC done. And uh, the phrase is saying, hallowed be thy name. So at the end of that, cutting the story short, I looked up this hallowed be thy name and I realized it is coming from the Lord's prayer. Mm -hmm. So that made me to go pray deeper and ask what, what, like, I really want this done. What is this you're telling me? Hallowed be, th be your name. Um, at the end of it, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me that in everything that I'm praying for, God wants his name to be glorified. Mm. So because of that, I even in, I mean, within that moment, like a few days coming and following days and weeks, I contacted a few sisters that I normally pray with. And then I told them, I'm going through so much. I think I'm just I'm just broken, I'm, I'm weak. I don't know, I need help. Please pray with me. And I remember them asking for me and we, we actually created a group on WhatsApp. They said, what do you want us to tell God to do? Because you gotta have something, you say, God do this and that. I say, just tell him, hallowed be his name. Because I give them the phrase that the Lord gave me. So it is whatever that I'm crying for, let his name be glorified. Mm -hmm. So as I went, I dug deeper into the Lord's prayer. And that is how, to answer your question, that is how the book came up. Mm -hmm. And then I realized there was much into the prayer than I have always thought of. And I realized that I wasn't alone. Many times, many Christian churches, they recite the Lord's Prayer, mm -hmm. which I also recited, knew how to recite it when I was a little girl because I grew up a Catholic. So I realized like there is more into the Lord's Prayer than just reciting it. Mm -hmm. So once I realized uh, about it, the hallowed be thy name, I dug deep and I found out like whatever that I was going through, I brought all my problems. God wants his name to be glorified. Yeah. So that's how the book was born. That is beautiful. Yeah. And I just love your point on how 
in everything we do, all of our prayers, because oftentimes in in seasons of challenge and in battles, our prayers become more desperate for us, right? Like, give me strength, give me energy or encouragement, help me through X, Y, and Z. But how beautiful of a representation of how we humble ourselves and still glorify God and that he wants us to keep our eyes on him in some ways. Would you agree with that? Exactly. That is very true. It humbles ourselves so that we are able, like he's telling us, like God tells us he loves us. Mm -hmm. He cares about us. And his plan for us are for good and not for evil. But we are so focused into what the immediate needs that we have the physical needs more more especially my husband my children my mom my dad my siblings my this and my that so we forget the bigger the spiritual picture yeah. and god wants his name to be glorified in mm-hmm. everything yeah that's so good. And I completely agree with you. Like I, I grew up as a Christian my whole life and I always heard the Lord's Prayer recited. But I think in my whole entire church career or whatever you want to call it, I've only heard one teaching on the Lord's Prayer and like what it actually means and how it's broken down and each part is a lesson. And so I'm really excited, you know, to hear all of your thoughts about it too, because it's very new for me still. And Jesus actually taught us like this is how we pray and so I'm just curious like why did Jesus teach his disciples to pray this way and instructing us to pray this way as I was thinking as you said I grew up reciting the Lord's Prayer I've attended different churches uh, be it the Seventh-day Adventist be it a Pentecostal a Catholic a Lutheran any denomination there is a a time during the service that they say, now let us pray the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Mm-hmm. Then they go, our Father, what in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on mm-hmm. earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. And that is amen. And that's it. And we are done. People get out and we're done praying. (laughs) Uh, To answer your question, why did the Lord teach us that? I felt through researching and going deeper into the prayer and other Bible verses, I came to realize or came to my revelation that Jesus was talking to the Hebrews because he was a Hebrew, he was a Jew. As he was talking to them, what he was telling them is what they knew. Mm-hmm. For example, if we can go probably, I don't know whether you want us to go chapter by chapter on the, the Lord's Prayer at this time. We can jump into it now or later, whichever. Okay. Yeah. So, so God, want, I mean, Jesus wanted them to have a relationship because I feel like the best way to respond to that is just to go piece by piece. What did this mean yeah. to them? So it was bringing them because I've I realized that many times, like in the Old Testament, uh, because before Jesus is coming 
the the Hebrew people, the Jews, they knew their God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And every time you remember, even the prophets, when they used to pray, they used to pray, the, I mean, even the Jews, as they prayed, they used to say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our forefathers, as God who, who lives, as, as the God of so and so lives. So they never referred, they always referred to the God as Yahweh and everything. Mm-hmm. But there was, I don't remember much in the Bible, in the Old Testament, where God was referred as a father. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Jesus, as he was teaching his disciples to pray, addressed God as the father. And that is this, the first chapter of the book. Mm-hmm. He was trying, first of all, to create a relationship between them and mm. God. Mm. That is no longer the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob alone, but he addressed him as the father. Mm. Jesus was trying to show them that since he had come into the world, he has come to connect us to the father because we had no, really, no connection before between us and God. Jesus came and they knew that at the end of it, when he dies on the cross, there was going to be a relationship between us and God that we can approach. So he was preparing them and saying they have to see him as a father. And I like the way Jesus taught them, even the other teachings that he did. He usually used what they already know to express a point of what they didn't know. Mm. So when he was telling them a father, they knew what a father does. Mm. And they wa- he wanted them to approach God without fear, without fe- feeling intimidated, mm-hmm. just like they could to their dads. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think was the, the first portion was that he wanted to to the, create a relationship between yeah. them and God. Yeah. Because that relationship wasn't really there. Like it, the priests were the ones that communicated with God in the Old yes. Testament. Like that wasn't this like one on one. You could just chat with God whenever you wanted to type of thing. Really, exactly. Yeah. The because remember the priests had to go in and mm-hmm. offer a sacrificial lamb every year for the remission of their sin. So the priest went into the holy holy. So, but Jesus was trying to teach them. God is your father now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through the priest. I'm here to connect to you between me, me, you and the daddy. Mm-hmm. So address him as father. That's why he said, our father, who yeah. are in heaven. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what are other ways then, you know, kind of going through the book here, that Jesus uses the Lord's Prayer as a guide and a model? Can you kind of walk us through that, how we can use that for our lives? I think I go through that, and um, I can go through that. Is I mean section by section, because mm-hmm. as I was reading, then we go to the second section, which says "Hallowed be thy name," and that was a big deal for me because um, uh, that is the phrase that God gave me mm. for that book that came, and it's, it's, uh, it is the subtitle of the book. So, "Hallowed be thy name," Jesus was trying to teach them after they have acknowledged God as their father that gives them they have a relationship with him as their father so they can go to him like a, a, a kid goes to the dad and says daddy I need this I need that and he was trying to teach them as as their earthly fathers I mean I'm, I'm going back to the first chapter like about our father what never like an earthly father does not always hand out 
kids with what they want mm, mm-hmm. they always have to say yes or they say no or they say mm-hmm. wait so with that Jesus was trying to tell them as you go to the father as you pray consider him as your father he knew that, that there are times that they're going to pray and the answers are not going to show up like they wanted them to show up. Mm. There are times where they're going to pray for one thing today and it's going to take them a few months, a few weeks, a few years to get that. So he wanted them to have God as a father. Uh, and when we go to the next one, which is hallowed by thy name back, uh, is that whatever we do, Jesus was trying to teach them like in everything that you do, let God's name be glorified. Like mm-hmm. Jesse did to me. Because mm-hmm. I was crying, I was I was struggling. And then I then he said, hallowed be thy name. So I say, what is going to benefit me? But mm-hmm. uh, down the road, you realize that he wants his name to be glorified. Mm-hmm. An example you can give for our daily lives is that like in our daytime, many of us, we do good works. We do good works for the Lord. Sometimes we are great singers. When people hear, oh, so and so is coming to sing in the target center, oh, people are going to come, oh, I'm going to see Michael W. Smith, My, I'm going to see that, I'm going to see so and so. Or a church, oh, we have a guest speaker, so and so is coming. Or in our own little choir that we sing, or in the little thing we do on our daily lives, we do good things that we do God. But God was, Jesus was trying to remind the disciples that as you do everything, let only God receive the glory. Mm. When I do uh, something that is good, that's benefiting the body of Christ, I should not be puffed up and just saying, oh, I'm the best singer, I'm mm-hmm. the best preacher, I'm the best to other, or more that. God wants to receive the glory because he does not share his glory with anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's what I can say for the hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is, he said, thy kingdom come. And it was teaching us whatever we do, we are serving, we are, we are under two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. And we all know in the biblical, I mean, biblically, we know we are either the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of the Lord, kingdom of the light. So we wanted them, whatever, if we allow God's kingdom to come, we know, like I explained in the book that a kingdom always has a king. It's ruled by a king mm. and their subjects. And there are like the citizens of that kingdom and also there's regulation or a constitution for that kingdom. So he was trying to teach them that as much as they are calling for the kingdom of God to come, then as citizens, we have to abide by the rules, by mm. the kingdom constitution. Because we can't say your kingdom is coming and then I'm doing the opposite. So that mm-hmm. it was trying to bring them to that kingdom and say, God is your kingdom. You are the king. Take mm-hmm. rule. Take, on, take control. Which then goes into thy will be done, which yes. makes sense in yes. that way. Then. Yeah. yeah. Once you allow the kingdom to come, then his will can be done. Because mm-hmm. when we have different, we have different presidents. Every president comes in and brings their own. Yeah regulations or things how they do things or for example i give an example for me i am a kenyan i moved here uh 24 years ago almost 25 years ago uh so i know the constitution kenyan constitution and i know the american way of life and for example driving in kenya we don't drive on on the same right side like the americans do 
But I can come here from Kenya and say, oh, this is how we do it. I'm a Kenyan. <laughs> Just gonna drive away. I, I want to do it. <laughs> I've been in trouble. So if I am here and I allow, this is my, this is where I live, I got to be able to abide by the law mm. of the land. Mm. I have to abide by the rule of the kingdom and the regulations of this. So I have to let the will, the will, I mean, the kingdom reign. And uh, as far as the will is concerned, which is the next section about let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, I felt like he was teaching them to acknowledging that because me and you, we know we are, we were created with a will. Even little, you mm -hmm. have little kids. Mm -hmm. Mom, I can't, mom, I can't, mm -hmm. I'm not. <laughs> will you go this, will you come? No, no, the kids know how to say no. Mm -hmm. They can, they, they want their will to abound. But Jesus was teaching his disciples, God is will to be done. Mm. And that takes a lot of humility. Because if, yeah. if, if you come, if I come here and say, let's do this in this way, and you know this is the way you normally do it, it's gonna be, a, we're gonna be a crash. Like we are not, it's gonna be like not comfortable. But for us, we have to humble ourselves. Like you wanted the disciples to humble themselves enough to allow God's will to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, keep going. You're doing great. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me just take a sip of water. Mm -hmm. so. I just think that's such a good reminder because right now we just live in this society and culture where it's a lot of people saying, well, my truth, you know, my story, the way I do things. And yeah. it's like our will, and it just turns into pride. Like it just turns into I want things to be done the way I see it. And just what a powerful reminder of it's, it's supposed to be in God's will. Yeah. And even and if bad things happen to you, which it will, I mean, we are not as Christians in some protected bubble. Nothing's going to happen to us. I feel like we're more so a target. And it's but even through all of it, it's still God's will being done. But what about the next piece? Yeah, I mean, that I mean, without the will of the leader being done, there's mm -hmm. confusion. Mm. And I think in the, we live in an age and a generation of our time right now when we have a lot of confusion. We don't know which way to go, mm -hmm. but the will, when we let the will of God be done, there will be direction. Because mm -hmm. God's will is a God of order. He gives us direction. What, what is what? What mm -hmm. is A and what is B? What is black and what is white? I don't mean color of the skin. Mm -hmm. But then he has distinct ways of constitution on how things have to be done. But mm -hmm. when we forfeit or we abandon the will of God and the law of God, then we bring conviction upon ourselves. Yeah. Who is a woman leader of excellence in your life? Nominate her for the Lund Leadership Award. Bridging the Gap believes all women are potential leaders, and it is our desire to honor women who lead with excellence in various areas, including ministry, marketplace, government, community, and family. The Lund Leadership Award was created to recognize individuals who demonstrate exceptional leadership and empower other women to step into leadership as well. The former Bridging the Gap director of 25 years, Kara Lund, is a beautiful example of this, and we are honored to have named the award 
award after her in her legacy at Bridge in the Gap. The award will continue to be presented annually at the Bridge in the Gap Leadership Conference. To learn more about nomination criteria and how you can nominate an amazing woman leader in your life, go to mnbtg.org slash Lund Leadership Award. The deadline for nominations is 11.59 p.m. on October 31st. Visit our website. Again, that's mnbtg.org slash Lund Leadership Award, or go to our app and submit your nomination today. You know, this actually ties really nicely into something that you described in your book was I have this quote here that I want to read. God is the father and his plans are for good and not for evil. As a father, he can say yes, no, or wait in response to our prayer. And I'm just thinking when I read that, you know, this is such a great reminder that although God hears our prayers, <laughs> that he doesn't always have to answer them the way that we think he will or we want him to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was your experience and thought into writing that? Uh, it's because of the life. I mean, I've gone through some stuff in life and I've realized that not every one of them, I'm a I'm a woman of prayer. I believe mm-hmm. in God, but not every prayer has been answered mm-hmm. the way I mm-hmm. want it to be. For example, mm-hmm. um, I've, some of them, you, they get it answered, and sometimes you go back and you say, God, thank you for not answering. There are sometimes mm-hmm. I've wished yeah, you Yeah, I've said that before. <laughs> <laughs> say, God, thank you for not answering my prayers. And um, for example, there's a time I, I had a sister who passed out. She was younger than me, and she was mm-hmm. suffering from cancer. And I remember I prayed so much, honestly praying, and as I said, claiming the words, of, the word of God, called people to pray for me and for her. She ended up dying, and that is—I mean, it was showing me that uh, we will pray, as you said, and things may not happen. Right now, I don't have an answer yeah. why why mm-hmm. she had to die, leave very little children, suffering without a mother. I have no, I have no answer, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> God, God chose to take her home. Yeah. And uh, there are a few things that I've prayed for and that they haven't received them the way they come, but they turn out to be good. For example, I was going through some tough time, but at the same time I was planning to buy a home. I'd already been pre-approved. The loan was going through, I was doing an assessment. I was just waiting for the assessment mm-hmm. of the inspection mm-hmm. of the home, and then I'll be able to go close. And boom, I was terminated from my job. Mm. And I was working, the place I'd worked for a long time. But I prayed and I cried. I said, God, where do I go from here? And uh, um, what happened later, when I look back, there are things that could have not worked if I had not been terminated from my job. Mm-hmm. Yes, I suffered. My children suffered because I was trying to raise them single-handedly. But a few things worked much better without a job than if I had a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A few things that I couldn't qualify, that I needed to qualify, I qualified for them because I was unemployed. Mm-hmm. But if I was still working, my money couldn't have, couldn't have been enough to, to cover the cost of what I was going through. Mm-hmm. So sometimes... God is God knows I think God sees better in the front I mean yeah. ahead of us like I normally I quoted in the book that God knows more about our tomorrow mm. than we can remember of our yesterday mm, that's good yes yeah yeah so 
So going forward if, uh, to the next few chapters for the book uh, about the Lord is teaching us to so pray, uh, after the your will be done and uh, your kingdom coming, and then now he comes to tell us, give us this day our daily bread. Mm. And that, that chapter, I felt like when I was going through that chapter, I felt like that is the chapter which almost carries the book. Mm. Because we live in a generation where, like in our time, we want things done right there and now. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, we are so used to with, yeah, things done the way we want them, and that's what we are used to with. Uh, but for when we say, give us this our daily bread, like what I was saying, I think you'll delete this, whatever I said right now. Mm. It, it didn't, didn't concern that. So oh. what I mean, what I mean for uh, give us this day our daily bread, this thing, I mean, this is a portion of the scripture. I looked at it and I say, what did Jesus mean? The people he was teaching may have not been very poor because many times we take this to mean our daily bread, like the food we eat. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I said, if Jesus really meant that they pray for the daily food that we eat, then this prayer might not be good for, I mean, it may not make sense to people who are not in need. Mm. I said, it might make sense to me because I grew up very poor. We hardly had something to eat. So we know, I know what it means to say, give us this day our daily bread because I've lived that life. But a child who grew up not lacking anything, for example, your kids or my kids, they don't know what it means to ask for. There's always food in the fridge. Mm-hmm. If it's not in the fridge, mom, let's go to the store. Yeah. That's all they know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you teach them, give us this our daily bread, the kid might ask, wow, we're asking for bread. We already have it. Mm-hmm. Mama bought it. Daddy bought it. So, but I came to realize that if Jesus really meant this portion to be a portion, a part of the prayer, it meant more than just the food we eat. Mm. Then I went into the Bible where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Mm. And is the bread who came, is the word which came from heaven, became flesh and dwelt among us. So connecting those together, I realized that Jesus was telling his disciples, he is the bread of life. It is a daily portion of his word that he was teaching them to pray, to ask a portion of his word, a portion of Jesus, because he's the bread of life, on a daily basis, mm. that they can be able to survive. Yeah. And then I give an example. Given my background as a as a teacher, we usually uh, we usually made the uh, a scheme of work at the beginning of the semester. We make as uh, we we develop a scheme of work like a syllabus. In America, we can call it a syllabus. The syllabus is the guide which helps the teacher to develop a daily lesson plan for the students to be able to understand the subject matter. There's no teacher who will come to class and tell the students, oh, here's our syllabus for this semester. So the syllabus, the children, I mean, the students memorize. That would be not teaching. So Jesus, the prayer, I feel like the prayer was like a syllabus. So Jesus wanted to present it as a syllabus, but out of that prayer, we can develop what it really means. Mm -hmm. For example, the daily food, we get uh, 
our daily food to nourish us, to give, to fight some foods to help us fight against the diseases. Mm -hmm. Some foods give us energy to be able to do what we need to do. And some foods we we are encouraged to eat some specific food, especially if you go and undergo surgery, eat this food like proteins to help build your one of tissues. Same thing with the Word of God. We need it on a daily basis. It will help us to build our worn-out tissues like our, when we are worn out. The Word of God on a daily basis will give us strength to overcome temptation. That is mm. like the food which gives us strength yeah. to fight diseases. This will help us fight um, temptations and be able to do the will of God. Yeah. So that is what I, I found out and I felt like, wow, this is indeed the real, the real thing yeah. about giving us this day our daily bread. So I assume I... I stress on the book that we need the word of God on a daily basis. Because mm -hmm. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. We need the word on a daily basis. Yeah. Not not on every Sunday. Yeah. Not when <laughs> yeah, we need it on a daily basis to keep us going. Without it we will we will fail. Mm -hmm. We will mm -hmm. we will be weak. We will be falling into temptation. We will, we will not grow. Yeah. And uh, then the next section give us this idea. Uh, and forgive us our trespasses. Forgiveness was a big deal. Remember when uh, Peter asked him, how many times should I forgive my mm. brother? He said, seven times seven. You know, he said, no, it is seven times 70. So as many times as we can forgive, so we can also be forgiven. Mm -hmm. Because without us forgiving, the Lord will not forgive us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's I, I find it harder for us when, like, in my own life, it is easy to forgive. For example, I don't know you. We don't live together. You can do something wrong. You can say, oh, said, I'm so sorry I did this. I didn't mean this. And then we can brush it off. But sometimes it's hard in the family. Mm -hmm. The people that you are always, like you're, you're brushing shoulders every single day. You keep remembering, oh, yesterday you did this and today you're doing this. And yeah, what are you doing? What are you, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. So it's important to have the grace forgive mm -hmm. as Jesus forgives us mm -hmm. and forgive us our trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us and mm -hmm. lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil and all the book every one of them in the book you'll find uh, many many connections of the Bible are uh, the scriptures of the Bible live examples that mm -hmm. expose the strength and the power that there is in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And I just feel like what I'm hearing from you and what I truly hope that everybody is taking away from this is that this isn't just something we, rec we recite because we're supposed to. This isn't something that we just learned in church and we're just do this prayer and then call it good. But it just seems like there is just such a deeper meaning yes. that comes from it. And I don't know, what encouragement do you have for people listening right now on why they should use this in their daily lives, in their daily prayer time with God? What is that going to do to just deepen their relationship with God? I can say, actually, actually it improves your prayer life. Mm. The reason I say that, I've tried it and I know it works. Mm. Sometimes, you know, I was meeting, I met well, a few days, not days, but a few years ago, I used to have a dear sister in the Lord. 
And uh, actually, she was one of my instructors in the Bible school where mm, I was. Mm -hmm. And we met, and she knew me. I'm a prayer warrior and everything. So we met out for, for lunch. This is not in the book. I just remembered that. <laughs> little <laughs> so, exclusive here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when we talking, and she said, you know, Sarah, nowadays it's getting so, we're getting so low, it's so down. It's not, I don't pray as much as I did. So she was just being open to me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that prayer, because sometimes we have seasons, you know, we are human, we are walking in this earth, we have got temptations, we have got life presses on us until we feel like, what can I do? Sometimes just God help me, just mm -hmm. tears, uh, 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 tears running down your face and you don't even know what to do. So what I've realized when I pray the Lord's Prayer, if I could say, for example, hallowed be your name, and start like, you can recite it, but then after reciting, give it a thought. What does it mean to you? For example, I can say, Father, you are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Just that name alone. Mm. The name of Jesus is the name that we were given, the name that is above every yeah. name. Yeah. Then you say, it's your name, hallowed be your name. Your name is above my ABC. Your name is above this prayer. Hallowed be the name. Let your name be glorified. Then mm -hmm. when you continue, like clothing, I don't know what I can call it, clothing or dressing that prayer with life, like your daily life. Hallowed be your name. May your name be glorified as I do this. May your name be glorified as I pray for this. May your name be glorified. Your name has got healing because in the name of the Lord, there is healing. The Bible says, I mentioned in the book, uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Yeah. We run with the righteous, we run to it and we, we are saved. So we say, hallowed be your name. Thank you because your name is a tower that I can run to and I find my safety. You are the rock of ages. It puts you into a mode of worship. Mm -hmm. And as you worship, the Holy Spirit will come down and actually will take over even your prayer. Yeah. Sometimes I've done that and then the Holy Spirit takes over and... Uh, I don't know when I when I'll finish, <laughs> but I just pray and pray and I seek the face of the Lord. But it is a way of making it full. For example, I mean, because we said earlier that we are a generation where we're used to going to God like we are going with a shopping list. Like mm. I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna get some cheese, some cake, some eggs, some milk, some what. So go to God and say ABC. I, I want ABC. Yeah, and we're done. But going through this prayer will help you to clothe it, mm -hmm. to put some flesh. Like sometimes I end up looking at it as a, as a skeleton. When you have a skeleton, the skeleton, for example, it's a human skeleton. Skeleton can be not be called a, a, a body until you put stuff in it. Mm -hmm. so you have to put the flesh, the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons that connect everything. So mm -hmm. this prayer, it connects, connects the whole, like when you dig deeper into the prayer, it is connected, the prayer is given life. It's given, mm. a, it's given a body, it's given a life. That's a good way to think of it. So so just just look at it as a, as a skeleton that it needs everything, the ligaments and the tendons and the flesh and the skin and the vessels and mm -hmm. then it becomes a body mm -hmm. in the, that prayer. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, it has helped me to even get deeper into the prayer. It removes my focus on me, 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 
Mm-hmm. Then I can focus on God. And once we worship God, because the first portion of the prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it has nothing to do with what I want. Yeah. It is just all on yeah. God. It's after we have done with the first portion, so that will guide us, like bring us closer to what we are supposed to do in praying. Then it's after that, then we can go asking, Give us, then we can go to ask for our request is the healing, mm-hmm. the salvation, mm-hmm. the deliverance, the provision, the open doors, and every kind of thing that we need yeah. after we have worshipped the Lord. That's good. That's all so good. Just such great analogies, too, to have to help like paint a bigger picture. And I personally feel very like encouraged to start using it more. I mean, like I said, it's like I know it. I have heard it so many times. I know the importance of it. But I, th- I think that you just like broke it down so well to realize that when just the focus, like you just said, the focus can just change everything. So thank you for sharing all of that and just encouraging our listeners. And um, as we're just wrapping up our time here, how can people find your book and just get more connected with you if they feel inspired and want to read this book? Um, I'm I'm so grateful for the book. Once I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm humbled to Mm -hmm. be in your presence, but more humbled before God. Mm -hmm that he could choose a vessel like me. When you read my book, you will find the story where I've come from. I didn't give everything, but where I've come from, I'm not one of the people you could say that could have written a book. Mm. No, but by God's grace and the anointing that he has come to bring this book to birth. And what I can encourage somebody is that sometimes we go through hardships, but God as, as a reason and a meaning, nothing happens accidentally into the children of God. Mm. It may not be seen at the moment, but as you look, as you go forward, as you keep going in life and keep hanging on to the Lord, you will come to look back and say, indeed, God, you were in this story. Because mm. our lives are stories mm-hmm. that we can tell. So I can say that... Um, I would encourage people to use this book, find examples. There are so many things that I didn't mention because mm. God will open your eyes. For example, like the, the story where Jehosh, I mean, uh, King, uh, uh, where the king wanted uh, Prophet Elisha and his servant, he was saying, oh, what can we, what are we going to do, my Lord? Because there were so many Syrians, uh, Syrian armies who were coming against them. But, with just a word, because Elisha trusted the Lord so much. He was a man like us. He trusted God so much, he said, God, open his eyes that he may see. And when the seven eyes were opened, he realized the people that were within for them, they were greater many than they were, than mm-hmm. those who were against them. Mm-hmm. And with by the word of God, Elisha was able to lead the Syrian army to Israel. And they told them, oh, you, the one you are looking is not here, he's somewhere. So God blinded their eyes. So as we pray, as we worship God, there are things in life that God is going to open our, our eyes and blind us and open us and be able to see, oh, this is what it is, what it means. So it tells, takes you to worship. So I would encourage you just uh, get the book. The book is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. 
And we'll make sure to link to everything, too, in our show notes and things so that yeah, yeah. people can find the book easily and all yeah, of that good can, stuff. If, if for any questions, any encouragement, any comments, you can email or you can go to Amazon. Amazon has got my book and it mm-hmm. is about $15, $16 and something with the, with the shipment, I think. You can mm-hmm. go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can either get it as a kin, in a Kindle format or you can get it also from... Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. and you can also get it as a, as a paperback or as an ebook, mm-hmm. as well as in Apple iTunes. So it's mm-hmm. available everywhere, and uh, I believe that it will be a blessing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sitting with me today and just explaining all of it. And I truly hope that people are just blessed by this book. So thank you. To God be the glory. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridging the Gap podcast. We were honored to hear from Sarah Niandoro on The Lord's Prayer Explained. Pick up a copy of her book, The Secret and Power of Praying the Lord's Prayer on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and more. You can learn about Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the Bridging the Gap app through your app store or by following MNBTG on social media. We also invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridging the Gap podcast.